This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hello and welcome to our Squiz Shortcut series on building a business brought to you by Square. Having a side hustle, being your own boss, starting the next Aussie unicorn, entrepreneurship is something many Aussies aspire to. But figuring out where to start can be intimidating. So in this four-part series, we are talking to four Aussie businesses about what they wished they knew before they started and how they made it work. In this episode, it's time to scale up. We're talking to Tribe Skincare about moving from the kitchen bench to a fully-fledged enterprise. I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Kayla from Tribe Skincare. Kayla, welcome to Squiz Shortcuts. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you about business today. Let's get into it. Tribe Skincare, it's natural, Australian-made, gentle, hydrating skincare. But in your own words, give us the elevator pitch. My elevator pitch is just four words, skincare for sensitive skin. So everything we do is focused around that. Sensitive skin is generally prone to redness, flaking, that tight feeling. And people with sensitive skin can often react to skincare and makeup. So we provide a range of super gentle skincare and makeup that's free of any common allergens. We started off as an e-commerce business four and a half years ago, and this year we're going into retail as well. So by the end of 2022, we're planning on being in 100 retailers. Love it. Got to have big plans. The skincare industry is huge. The market is valued at more than $4 billion annually in Australia, and there are lots of brands that are already established, and that can make it hard to crack into. Take us back to the start. What was the vision for Tribe Skincare? I originally owned a skin clinic in Geelong that was called Skin Solutions. We were looking for a brand to sell in the salon that they could use for sensitive skin. So we were looking everywhere on the Australian market and that's when I saw this big gap. So I naively decided to go into the skincare (laughs) industry, deciding to create my own skincare brand, which I originally thought was going to be a side hustle to the skin clinic. It was fully self-funded. It took me over 10 months to develop to launch the initial four products and within a few months of being on the market it was going absolutely amazing. It is far from a side hustle these days but I do want to talk to you about those first days because it's often the first step you know going from being something you do on the side or maybe as a hobby to making it your main source of income. How did you know when it was time to make that first leap? So much of my time was going to Tribe Skincare rather than going to the skin clinic. So that's when I realized that that's really where my passion was. I was really confident that it was a brand that I could scale and a brand that had longevity. And by that point, I had proof in the market as well. But it was really difficult to convince my friends and family that it was the right decision to do because they, of course, thought the safe option was to continue with the business that I already had. After going full-time with Tribe Skincare, within the first three months, the business had tripled. So when I was putting that full-time effort into the brand, that's really when I saw the growth. It's often just being brave enough to take that first step. Having a plan for the business to grow is really important, but sometimes events outside of your control can serve up some curveballs. I think COVID would definitely have been one of the biggest curveballs that most business owners had to deal with, Mm. already being established as an online brand. 
our customers were quite used to purchasing online. And then we got a huge boom of people who would traditionally buy skincare in-store coming to our online store. Sometimes these curveballs can fuel growth in unexpected ways. And growth is great, but you have to do it sustainably, especially when you're starting as a small business. You have to make sure you take the right opportunities and also know when to put things on the back burner, perhaps. Tell us a bit about how you've navigated those decisions. So we have a very clear goal of becoming a household name in Australia and New Zealand that when people think of sensitive skin, they will automatically think of Tribe Skincare. Over the years, there's definitely been discussions about us going into the international market, but we want to stay really true to our vision to be an Australian brand. All right. So things are going really well. You've gone through this growth period and all of a sudden the kitchen bench is just getting a bit too crowded. There's not enough room. Next up, we're going to talk about the practical steps involved in going from there to the fully fledged business that you are today. To have such a positive reaction to Tribe Skincare must have been amazing. Of course, feedback from customers is really important in shaping a business and making it grow. How do you go about getting that feedback from customers? We have the feedback come through to us in all different ways, chatting to customers on Instagram and also talking to them via email and now that they come in store as well. We even let them test products that we're developing and they help with different aspects of the product development. It really helps us get that proof of market before we launch a product. And then now that we know where our customers are, it's just making sure we get the products in front of them. So we used to use platforms like YouTube and Pinterest, but then we figured out that's not really where our customers are hanging out. Now we're hanging out with them on Instagram and TikTok. Sounds like you've got some pretty great interaction and feedback going with your customer base. When you started out, you were using a bedroom to store products. You were packaging them at the kitchen table. But at some point, you decided you just needed more space. Yeah, definitely. We were having a lot of issues with storing the products. And so we were constantly having out of stock issues with the products. Not ideal with skincare when people want to have that consistency with the products they're using. So that's when I knew that we really needed to get a bigger space so we could store more products and it helps us just to process everything more efficiently as well. Having more space obviously requires a bit more manpower and also a business like yours, you have sales, you've got customer service, you've got marketing, you've got product development. You can't do it all by yourself. Talk to us about hiring people, building that team around you. It can be pretty exciting, but it can also be pretty daunting. Definitely exciting and daunting at the same time. (laughs) I think it's very true that they say you should hire on personality and someone who's going to fit into the culture of a workplace rather than just on their skills. But also every time you hire someone new, they bring with them the past experiences from working at other places and they bring new ideas to the brand. So it's really important to listen to them and give them that opportunity as well. Hiring people also means you can't keep everything in in your own head anymore. You need systems and processes in place. They also need to be set up in a way that they can grow and adapt as the business grows. Tell us a bit about the systems that you've got in place. I absolutely love a system that makes anything streamlined so that any staff member that comes along and uses it knows exactly what they're doing. (laughs) In our Torquay store, now that we've opened up the shop front, we use the Square Reader to take all of our payments and the Square interface for all of the products so we can do our point of sale there. That is so simple to use and is just so streamlined. 
And then we're also using Square to invoice all of our wholesale accounts. Is the simplicity of use one of the reasons why you decided to go with Square? Yeah, absolutely. I'd heard about it from so many other business owners that they have such great simple tools to use. Something I think that is important to touch on is that it's not always smooth sailing when it comes to business. And inevitably, as you grow, you're going to have to deal with a couple of setbacks. Can you tell us about one that might have popped up in your business? I think one of the biggest setbacks I had was right back at the beginning, the brand was originally called Lifesaver Skincare. However, I didn't trademark the name at the time. I didn't even know what a trademark was. (laughs) Um, A few months in, we actually got a trademark infringement from a much bigger skincare brand and we were unable to trade anymore under that name. So it was when the business was very young and I had to think, do I want to essentially start from scratch and have to rebrand everything and repackage everything? Or is now the time that I quit? And it was definitely a really hard decision to think I need to start again. But down the track, now that it's done, it was definitely worthwhile. And now I'm trademarked. (laughs) (laughs) Now you've got it all locked and sorted. And look, congratulations on what you've achieved with Tribe Skincare, successfully navigating that particular challenge right at the beginning and all the other challenges and opportunities that come the way of a small business. We are nearly done. I just have a few more quick questions. Kayla, at the end of each shortcut episode, we always give recommendations for listeners. It's normally something to read or listen or watch. But this time around, I'm going to ask you for a quick fire recommendation. So to start us off, what is one piece of advice you would give someone who is thinking about starting a business? It's really important to have a product that truly works so that your customers will recommend it to their friends and family and keep coming back for it. Then all you need to do is just communicate the benefits of that product and make sure you get it in front of the people who is going to help. And what is one thing you are most proud of achieving in Tribe Skincare? Last year, we did a huge rebrand. So while the brand name Tribe Skincare stayed the same and so did all our formulas, the visual identity of the brand completely changed. It was a huge project that took us almost a year, but I'm so proud when I look at the products now to see how incredible the range looks. Yeah, that must be a really exciting feeling as a founder, looking at it and going, yep, we did it. It's looking awesome. Kayla, thank you so much for joining us. If anyone is listening and they want to find out more about Tribe Skincare, where can they find you? The best place to go would be the website, which is www.tribeskincare.com.au. Or you can also check us out on Instagram, which is just at Tribe Skincare. I will pop those details into your episode notes so you can check them out. It's been really great to chat to you today, Kayla, all about leveling up and taking the next steps with your business. If you are looking to start, run or grow your business, Square have the integrated tools that can help you to succeed no matter what kind of business you run. Just go to squareup.com to find out more. In our next episode, we will be chatting to Collective Closets about dealing with the unexpected and how to stay flexible in business. So stay tuned for that one. Until next time. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. 
Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. 